welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month while one of them dies slowly each week. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. Hey. I'm not the one that's dying. I am. uh, (laughs) I scare super easily and uh, part of the fun of watching these movies is my reaction. This month we are doing, let's see if it's zombie. No, not zombie. What am I talking about? Um, Invasion. How did you describe it last week? Possession movies. Sorry. The word possession like left my head. I don't know what I was thinking. I had a brain fart for it's a like second. You've not watched anything with zombies. No. It's, <laughs> it's just for some reason the, the word left my head. Uh, we're watching possession movies this month. We've done The Exorcist 1 and The Exorcist 3, uh, notably skipping uh, for important reasons <laughs> the second of that franchise. Um, Josh, we're not watching Exorcist 4. Four this week. What are we watching? There's actually not an Exorcist four. After oh. Exorcist three, we get two dueling prequels. Interesting. Dueling, and then, and then a sequel television show. Oh, The Exorcist keeps going. Actually, we're getting three remake movies from the guy who did the <sighs> three last three Halloween movies, and I am less than thrilled about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, David Gordon Green. Gotta love a franchise. Not about Mr. David Gordon Green. It just like. I don't really leave well enough alone. It's yeah, the Exorcist. I have a weird relationship with the Exorcist properties. Well, it and it it a lot of it is all just I'm just property rights. Like they have to in yeah. order to keep the property right, they have to do something with the I'm, title. I'm underwhelmed by one, and I really love three. So. Yeah. We talked That's about that. Uh, see our previous week's podcast for or episodes for that. So this week we are watching Fallen. Oh, Fallen. When did Fallen happen? 1998. Okay, that's the year I graduated high school. Not me. Not you? You're so young. I graduated in 2001. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you were so little. <laughs> um, do you remember the world of 1998? Uh, I mean, not. it's weird. I remember the year of 1997 more than 98, because I think I was just so wrapped up in my own bullshit. Um. I was a senior in high school. Princess Di died in 97. So did Mother Teresa. Colin, doesn't Columbine happen in 98? I believe that was 99. 99, yeah. Okay, so tell me about the world. School shootings weren't in yet. It was a whole other year before that happened. Oh, yay. Uh, 1998 was the year of the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. Oh, yes. How could we forget that? That was the top-lining thing. Also, the year that Titanic won 11 Oscars. Including Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Second Congo War began, which mm-hmm. only resulted in 5.4 million people dying. Um, Google was founded. Mark McGuire hit his 62nd home run on the season, breaking Roger Maris's record. Motherfucking steroids, dog. Yeah. Um, and that was the Matthew Shepard year. Ah, uh, yes. So, um, uh, in case you're listening to this and, and you're young or... Mm. Thank you, young people. Um, or you don't know who Matthew Shepard is. Uh, he was a gay Wyoming teen who was beaten and left for dead, tied to a fence, and then died like four days later yeah. um, solely because he was gay. Yeah. So, and then it was the, I, I remember living in small town, West Virginia. It was the first time that someone was like, hey, um, th- this is awful and people shouldn't do this. Right. Like, and you, you have to remember, like, I grew up in the 80s and 90s where, mm-hmm. like, 
it was almost a crime to be gay. Yeah. Like it was, you put people also, down. People were just terrible to people all the time. <laughs> Fair. Period. Right. Like it was just the norm for everyone to be awful to each other. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we were not the best. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the year that we lost Sonny Bono, Lloyd Bridges. We don't talk uh, about Sonny Bono and how he was. Never mind. Go ahead. A senator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, Akira Kurosawa. Ouch. Uh, Gene Autry and Roddy McDowell. Oh, yeah. Friday night. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Aww. To be sad. Uh, and that was the year that we gained. Oh, tell me who was Elle born. Fanning. Okay. And Mr. Beast. Not Aww. a worthy trade-off. Mr. Beast is a very cool guy, though. I mean, I'm not saying that the, not either of those people aren't cool. I'm glad we have them. Right. But not... Yeah. But we lost to Kara Kurosawa, arguably the greatest filmmaker who's ever lived. <laughs> like, yeah. Lasai. Yeah. Boo. Boo. Um, so there you go. Uh, the movies that came out that year, in case you're wondering. Are? The Truman Show. Uh, didn't Amistad come out that year? Um, oh. I think so. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, I know it's The Truman Show, Patch Adams, SLC Punk, Pie, Deep Impact, Almost Heroes, Saving, uh, Saving Private Ryan, American History X, Dark City, which we did for the show. Yep. Uh, City of Lost Children, which we did for the show. Ronin, which is fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> um, Rushmore and The Big Lebowski. Oh. More on that Big Lebowski <laughs> business in a minute. In a minute or at the Okay. Uh, when we talk about who's in this motherfucking movie because it's crazy. So Fallen is rated R. It was released January 16th of 1998 early in the year uh it is two hours and four minutes long okay um the tagline is don't trust a soul Mm. all right all right um this movie is directed by gregory hoblid hoblid who did primal fear frequency hearts war fracture and untraceable weirdly like movies that were big but he's a director who just kind of disappeared um yeah like i don't know it's it's, it's i've never heard that name before yeah that doesn't it's say weird. much like he did these movies that were fairly successful mm-hmm. with like actors and actresses and they're huge and Wait. then just kind of was like disappeared oh okay uh this was written by nicholas kazan who, kazan. Wrote, who wrote matilda okay all right uh bicentennial man and enough a movie that I've seen a thousand times. Really? <laughs> um, okay. I worked in a children's home. That We've talked had about this like before. Yeah. Twenty DVDs, and one of them was enough. And, and so we just watched. There was that. a period in time where, like, every girl, when it was their turn to like pick a movie, they were like, "I want to watch Jennifer Lopez and Enough." So I've seen that movie of her a running lot. from her abusive husband and being the shit out of him at the end. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> seen it an aggressive amount of times um <coughs> okay. okay so this movie stars starring denzel washington denny zelly washingtony okay uh, as john hobbs um denzel washington is he's denzel like he's huge i don't i mean okay if you don't know who he is first of all who are you <laughs> Uh, he was in Glory, Mo Better Blues, Malcolm X, Philadelphia, Crimson Tide, Devil in the Blue Dress, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Got Game, The Bone Collector, Remember the Titans, Training Day, 
uh, Man on Fire, American Gangster, The Equalizer, Fences. He's fucking Denzel Washington. Yeah, he's, he's been in everything. Movies. He acts in movies. He produces movies. He's. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's the reason that Black Panther was Black Panther. Yeah, like <laughs> he's Denzel. He's, he's Denzel. He's a good guy. Yeah, he is eternal. Um, then we've got mm-hmm. John Goodman. Oh, who doesn't love John Speaking Goodman? Of the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he plays Jonesy. He tended Cloverfield Lane. The Big Lebowski. Yep. Um, Barton Fink. Argo. Uh, Roseanne. I was going to say he'll always be Dan Connor yep. to me. Um, to me, he's always the like the first thing I think of is the the Big Lebowski. Yeah, because it's sure one of your favorites. The first thing you think of is Roseanne. Roseanne. Right. Like he's yep. Joe Goodman. He was America's dad for a time. Okay. America's working class dad. Working class dad, yes. Uh, then we've got Donald Sutherland. Wow. <laughs> right? Okay. Uh, who, who plays Lieutenant, Stan- uh, Lieutenant Stanton. My mouth stopped making words correctly <laughs> for a second. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Hunger Games, MASH, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep. Um, Don't Look Now, Clute, Kelly's Heroes, The, uh, the Dirty Dozen. Donald Sutherland. Yeah. I enjoy Father the of shit Kiefer. Out of Donald Sutherland. He's a good ass time. And uh, then we've got M. Beth uh, Davaditz, who plays Greta Milano. Okay. She will always be Sheila from Army of Darkness in my head. All right. <laughs> she was also in Matilda. Sheila. And The Bicentennial Man, a movie that I've weirdly mentioned twice. Have you ever seen Bicentennial Man? No, but I know of the it. The Robin Williams movie yeah. where he's a robot who wants to become human and then dies of old age in yeah. the end. And it's like, this movie is, this is a movie. This yeah. is a thing. Uh, made by Chris Columbus. The one who didn't yes. genocide everyone. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and then we've got James Gandolfini. Yeah, rest in, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Lou. His name is Lou in this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tony Soprano, right? Yes. Killing was Hoffley, The Mexican, and The Loop. Eight millimeter in the loop is a movie that you should watch if you've never seen it. In the loop, it's about American and British political relationships, mm-hmm. and it's a comedy, like in the vein of Strange Love. Okay, and James Gandolfini is like an American general who basically is just like, hmm? "You limeys just need to get on board. We're just gonna <laughs> melt. Limeys. We're gonna melt the fucking desert. We're just gonna melt it. Turn it into a sheet of glass. <laughs> yeah, and then it's um." Peter Capaldi plays the the British uh, like envoy or whatever. It's it's fucking hilarious. That's hilarious. It's, like, really, it's a really funny movie, and he swears at a level that's like artistic. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then we've got Elias Codius. Elias Codius, tell me about Elias Codius. Edgar Reese. Okay. Um, he's in the Thin Red Line. He's in the Prophecy, which is a '90s horror movie that I really like. Um, he's in Crash. The, not the one that's like, racism's bad. The David Cronenberg one that's like, what if we fucked in car crashes in each other's like scar holes? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So. You should watch different. that movie if you've never seen it. It's aggressive. Okay. It's literally, it's literally like people who get turned on in car accidents. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's like a sub Yeah. There, I mean, that is hello, a thing. D- hello, David Cronenberg. Yeah. That's it's like people having aggressive sex while like having their bodies wrecked. Creeping Cindy out. That's what Cronenberg loves. Oh, that movie in 4K. Do. Of course you do. Of 
course you do. Well, I, I try to buy all the Cronenberg stuff um, because, you know, I, I love him so much. But that's not what I know him for. Yes. I know Elias Codius as motherfucking Casey Jones in the first Ninja Turtles movie. Oh. That's... Okay. Um, he's also in that Chicago police show. Chicago PD. Is that what it's called? Yes. The one with the I man think. who sounds like a rock tumbler. Oh, I don't know. Oh, My mom. definitely. Like, well, I'm, I'm the, sure. The lead of the show is a gentleman who's like, we're in Chicago. Everyone, we're cops. We're in Chicago. We got to do dirty shit every once in a while. It's Chicago. Like, that's how he talks. Yeah, that's one of those... Um, Shows that the mom loves to watch. Yeah, my dad loves that show too. Yep. Uh, it's, I don't like it. I, cop shows are bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. there you go. I will, I will give a note about this movie. Mm-hmm. What? It does the thing where it's a 90s Hollywood film, so it is shot partially in Los Angeles. Okay. But, <laughs> but. the outside stuff was shot in Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey. Hey, that's where I hail from. In 1990. Hi. Spoiler alert. You will see the Pine Barrens. Oh, I do love my Pine Barrens. So there you go. They're terrifying, but they're mine. They call me, they call to me sometimes. The weird cedar water or cedar wooder if you're from Philadelphia or South Jersey. (laughs) Sorry, continue. (laughs) Do you even even know what cedar water is? Uh, I assume it's something dumb and terrible. (laughs) It's fresh water, but it's brown. It's like swimming in iced tea because it's all colored from the cedar roots of the sea. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, it's called oh, cedar okay. water. It's just a nice change from the ocean, you know. Go swimming in like, in like a big cedar lake. We, we didn't have cedar water. We cedar water. <laughs> swimming holes. And yeah, okay. Lakes, rivers, pools, that kind of shit. Okay. Well, so tell me some more. That's all. I, that's all you've got. So I'm going to give you before we watch it. Okay, I need to go in blind as I'm shit. I'm worried on about this, especially because it's a possession movie. This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster from the movie, and I try to tell you what it's going to be a boot. All right, so we've got orange and black. Don't trust a soul. Detective John Hobbs is searching for a criminal. He's already met, already caught, and already killed. So I'm going to say this is like about a copycat killer and the original um, detective is like, it's not the same person. It can't be the same person. That person has been killed and executed and that person has possessed somebody else. That's what I'm going to say this movie's about. Let's find out. All right. Well, here we go. (laughs) Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Who's here? It's the brilliant detective who sealed my brutish fate. Remember this, Hobbs? What goes around really goes around. You have a safe trip, yeah? It's on my side. Go ahead! Light up my life! Criminals like Reese, they kill a few people somehow, it ain't their fault. But what took place tonight is the consequences of what I do. You're home early today. Or change. Detective John Hobbs wants to uncover the truth. What does Azazel mean? Now, my dictionary says that evil spirit of the wilderness. Walk away, Mr. Hobbs. 
but nothing in this world is on my side. Can help him solve this case. There are angels. Some of these angels were cast down, and a few of the fallen were punished by being deprived of form. Come on, get out of here! And each touch. And at the execution, did he try and touch you? Or... Yeah, he did, actually. Passes the soul of a killer into someone new. Well, I believe what I see, and I'm still trying to get my mind around what I just saw. Some things, pal, you shouldn't know. I know you, Hobbs. Put the gun down. I know who you are. Put the gun down! Mom is on my side. Hey, pal. My work is based upon evidence. And aren't your facts resistant to normal interpretation? Hey, Hobbs. You leave my family alone. No, I'm still having fun. Denzel Washington. How do we fight him? Is it even possible? I believe it is. John Goodman. Josie, you know I didn't do this. I know that, Hobbs. Daniel Sutherland. I know you know more than you're saying. <laughs> Haven't you done enough, huh? Time is on my side. Fallen. Hey guys, we watched Fallen, Fallen with Denzel, with Denzel. What did everyone think? What are the hot points and the topics that we need to discuss when we remember and talk about Fallen? I feel like this is a movie that isn't well remembered. Not even like fondly no, I didn't remember thought it at all. of. I just don't think this is a movie that people, and I'm not sure about that because my mom loves this movie. <laughs> It's a fun movie. So, um, like, I've seen it a few times just by virtue of my mom being my mom. Right. But I don't um, remember this at all. Like, and I mean, I was a teenager when this came out. I have no memory. Of, I don't remember a trailer for it. I don't remember anything. Was it, did it do great at the box office? Was there a reason that it didn't have a lot of publicity? Because, I mean, it was a decent movie. It seems to... No, I remember, like, when it came out, people talking about it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if now, like, if if it's a thing that people look... Because sometimes things come out and they're popular, and then time goes, by, time goes by and they're forgotten about. Okay. And vice versa, sometimes something comes out and bombs, and then... 15, 20 years later, people are like, so that's the greatest movie This is just kind of... Made. Um, doesn't even have that? So it has, an, it has a 40% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So not great. No. Um, some of the reviews are things like, a stylish, if seriously far-fetched nightmare. Okay. Um, Variety said that Washington has the almost impossible task of holding together a convoluted picture that's only intermittently suspenseful and not very engaging emotionally or intellectually. Yay! That's exciting. Roger Ebert said, The idea is better than the execution, and by the end, the surprises become too mechanical and inevitable. Okay. Um, I would venture to say, (laughs) I couldn't find, like, hard box office numbers for this movie, Mm -hmm. but I would say, before we even get into talking about this, if you saw this movie... You know that the Rolling Stones' Time is on My Side that was played 85 million times. Usually by in people singing song. it. And I don't know if that's yes, a it is. thing where people 
you pay less royalties if someone sings it rather than they actually plays? I don't know, but they bought the royalties to the song and they went hard on it. Well, I think it's one of the, if you're like, okay, we're going to get a Rolling Stone song. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just use it as much as humanly fucking possible? Because we're probably paying uh, up the ass for all it. the money in the I would say, <laughs> my, my guess, my guess is after Denzel Washington mm-hmm. and maybe John Goodman. Okay. That Rolling Stone song was the most expensive part of this movie. I totally agree. There's, well, it's featured about as much as the two of them. It's done, so the uh, angel, devil, whatever, the fallen angel that they're kind of tracing in this thing. It's done effectively that this um, murderer's last words were to sing that song. And then everybody, every time that he jumps to a new body, he sings that song to kind of let Denzel know that, you know, he's following him or that he's around. So it's it's an effective use of it, but it's done a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. Yep. Um, but let's talk about... About what this movie's about. Also, I just want to go ahead and point out for those listening at home, if you hear a chewing sound, it's because we've gotten a dog in the past few months-ish, and he's a little skittish, so he's like working on a bone. And if you hear that in the background, that's what that sound is. Thank you. I'm not just sitting here cracking my knuckles in the microphone. Like, so if, if, I'm not sure you can hear it, I'm just saying, if you can, and you're like, what the fuck is that sound? It's the sound of a dog, like, anxiety-filled dog chewing on a bone. Yep. So there you go. Life goes on. Okay, so this movie was about uh, a fallen angel that can jump from body to body and uh, commits heinous mass atrocities and the uh, good cop who tries to stop it. So this movie is the first power the First Power. What does that mean? That's a movie called The First Power from like the late 80s, early 90s, which is essentially this movie. Oh, okay. I thought like it was a religious type thing. I, this, I feel like this movie definitely, I don't know if it came from the same source material or if this was just like a, man, you know what movie ruled? The First Power. Yeah. Um, but if you've ever seen The First Power and you've never seen The Fall, or if you've never seen Fallen, I almost said The Fallen. Um, very similar premise setup. So yes, this is a movie where... Casey Jones from the first Ninja Turtles movie <laughs> is a serial killer, uh, a la our killer from Exorcist 3. Right. And he wants to talk to the cop that caught him that he had a weird relationship with where he would call him all the time on the day of his execution. Right. And he's like, hey, uh, tries to shake his hand and all this stuff. And we find out later. He does shake his you hand. Know, but he can't pass it on to Denzel. Because right. Denzel's not like a Denzel's a, a good a bad guy. person. He's a Templar um, or whatever it's called. Which makes me wonder what those kids that he was jumping into did. Oh, I didn't <laughs> like, think about that. Masturbation really is evil. <laughs> it's evil. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think he just found a plot hole in this movie. Uh, <laughs> unintentionally. So, yeah. They execute Elias Codius, Casey Jones, at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to go with is a shame because, because after two hours of this movie he's still my favorite thing in it <laughs> he was your favorite just all around everything like, was that the original uh serial killer that's your favorite character in the movie i enjoy denzel because i think denzel is like a very grounded character who's just like you know he's like a guy who's like what, what's going on and right. I, 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 this is crazy and this can't be a thing and 
And I think there's fun moments with John Goodman later when okay. he's possessed. Okay. But like by and large, when the demon is jumping, demon or angel, whatever, they're interchangeable in my, like Hellraiser. <laughs> Angels to some, demons to other, others. Um, it's this thing where like no one is as interesting as Elias Codius is. And to the point where like when they filmed his scenes, they were like, oh, fuck. And then they had all the actors that it would jump into for an extended period of time watch Elias Codius's footage that he shot because he did such a good job to with be it. like do some of this <laughs> like have some of these mannerisms because he's very good at being at what he did terrifying he was a yeah I would say that uh, I would say yeah my, my two favorite moments of this movie hands down are uh, anything with Elias Codius at the beginning when he's like yelling in Aramaic and cussing and being a insane <laughs> person and, and singing as they're gassing him mm-hmm um, and then there's there's a scene in this movie. So, yes, uh, what Cindy said, this angel demon thing jumps between people and it's pissed off at Denzel Washington for killing its favorite person. Right. Host. Um, and and it, it had to flee into, a, I guess, someone that was in the room. Right. It was the. Which. Okay. The uh, another, electric chair or the gas chamber plot uh, operator, just like a random kid. Another plot problem. Oh no, another one. So, this movie has a bookend where you see the very the very first thing you see is Denzel Washington and he's like struggling on the ground and he's like, "Let me tell you about the time I almost died." And then it goes oh, back right, yeah. and starts the story. It does the Sunset Boulevard you, thing where it you, starts yeah. at the end. But you find out that, like, it can't jump into him from a touch because he's a good person. But if the host dies... It dies. It has... You have, like, you, there's, you can't stop it. Like, you, there's nothing you could do if it right. wants in you and it can get to you. It, why didn't it just go into him then? I don't know. Like, when Elias Codius dies, why wouldn't it just be like, boop? Boop, right back on right now into Denzel. That's a great question. So, looking back on it. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it was just like, oh, if we did that, then the movie would be over. So, <laughs> kind of like, why didn't? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah so yeah. it jumps around and it basically is jumping in all these people and it stages like Denzel shooting someone and then getting in trouble and then it kills his like his low functioning brother, brother yeah. and like fucks with his like nephew mm-hmm. who is kind of like his he's kind of raising as a son he's just big part of his life yeah well i get the vibe it's like the dad is really like feels like a big brother right and then because he's low functioning i don't want to be rude about it um it basically just takes everything away from him personally and professionally all of his family all of his friends his work which is like his favorite thing apparently because he's always working right um and then sets up a confrontation at the end where spoiler denzel does the thing where he takes the poison that was used to kill his brother and dips cigarettes in it and then it he's shows gonna up. kill himself yeah it shows up because it really wants him um it shows up in john goodman and there's a scene with john goodman this is my favorite moment of this movie at the end where John Goodman singing Time is on My Side by the Wrong Stones. Right. And does a full-on Mick Jagger impression mm-hmm. with like a duck walk and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, the lips. We don't deserve you, John Goodman. <laughs> He's insane. So, and then the movie ends with, they he accidentally kills John Goodman in a struggle. It gets out, goes into him, and then he's smoking and is like, well, now I'm going to die and you're going to die here with me. 
and then it jumps into a cat. A cat. And then it's like, remember, I told I told you at the beginning of the movie. Almost this died. This is how I almost died. It's like, wah, bum, bum. Wah. Yeah. Fun movie. Very silly. Um, a lot of plot holes, but it was a good watch. That's my, uh, that's my overall. It's my Casey Kasem re- reading yeah, of it. It's the thing where, like, I enjoy this movie, and I had not seen it for a long time, and then watching it now... Mm-hmm. After seeing, like, a lot of horror movies over the past, like, ten-ish years, I'm like, eh. Eh? Like, there's a lot of plot contrivance. There's a lot of, like, it feels like this was done for the sake of the story rather than making sense. It doesn't follow its its own rules, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I follow that. John Goodman gets to ham it up, which I will always appreciate. Denzel's just plays it straight, which is great. Elias Codius is insane. But like low key MVP mm-hmm. to um, Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Who just plays the his <laughs> lieutenant who just the shows guys up upstairs. and be like, you know, the guys upstairs are fucking assholes. Yeah. Um, who are the guys upstairs, guys? Dot the I's and cross the T's. They're the committee of people who are like, hey, guys. You guys are good cops or bad cops. But well, when- fuck some people. We, I didn't even. Oh, before we move on, I totally forgot. <laughs> This movie is so complicated, unnecessarily so. <laughs> it's a whole subplot with Embeth uh, Davidovitz. What? I forget. I think it's how you say her name. She's okay. the lady from uh, Army of Darkness, where she plays like the daughter of a cop who killed himself like twenty years ago. Oh, right, sort of right. The same thing. And she's obsessed and with angels now because she she, thinks, yeah. she remembers what happened. She's like or... in this ancient order mm-hmm. of people who are like, we fight demons. And I was like, this seems this is unnecessary. Weird. Apparently that's what Denzel was too until he wasn't. I feel like you could have found all that in like a journal. I mean, don't get yeah. me wrong. I think she's good. I think she's good in the movie. But I it's a weird. Like everything that she's there. She basically feels like she's only in the movie to be like exposition. Yeah. And then also turn around and be like, you can leave your nephew here so you don't have to leave him with a stranger. With a stranger. I'll take care of him. Or like. Pers- who, who I am a stranger yeah. to. But I've met fine. you twice and I gave you coffee twice. And we had a thing where like, I thought we were going to fuck for a second. But then we didn't. I will gladly raise, raise your, your nephew, nephew. Yeah. Who I've only known for five minutes. But it's fine. I'll it's, do this. Weirdly, the more we talk about this movie, the less I like it. Yep. Speaking of that. What, uh, how did this, how was this movie received? Did critics love this movie? Was it a, a box office smash? Nope. 40% nope. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I got that, but I just mean no, it's, at the time. A, it was a lot of mixed bag stuff. It was a lot of people being like, eh. Eh. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. I mean, eh. I would put First Power is better than this movie. Well, that brings us to, this is the end of the month. So we need to do our ratings for the month of, uh, how, what are we saying? Not body invasion, but possession movies. We need our top four. So we've done, we did Fallen, Exorcist uh, 1 and 3, mm-hmm. and Wreck. REC. REC, sorry. No, okay. It, it was just confirming for the at-home listeners that we didn't watch a movie called like W-R-E-C-K. Oh, or, yeah. Like, are we going... All right, we're going from the bottom to the top, right? Four to okay. one. What is your four? My four is Exorcist One. I didn't find it scary at all. Interesting. My four is... Fallen. Interesting. Okay. Good. Like I said, 
fun turns for some people, but overall, I just don't think the whole movie holds itself together. Okay. I don't think the parts equal the whole. If that makes sense. Like I look at the cast and I'm like, this movie this should have been, been better. way better than right. it was. And it was not. Which is the opposite with The Exorcist. I look at The Exorcist and I'm like, most of these people had never done anything except for like Ellen Bernstein. two or three people. Yeah. Right. Max von Sydow, Ellen Bernstein. Okay. Um, so, so what is you? All right. So now number three. I mean, The Exorcist. That fallen. Was, that was a great pivot. <laughs> yeah. Mine was Fallen. All right. So we're kind of at the same, but they're bottom two. Just, you know, where they lie is a, is a little different. What is your number two? Okay, here's where it gets complicated. Oh. Because I'm trying to figure out, like, what criteria we judge these movies based on. Is it a thing where it's like, I'm judging these by, like, which I like better? Which do I think is scarier? Which do I go back to more often? Um, so I'm, it's very tight for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Wreck okay. too, And here's why. I think it's a great movie and it's a great runtime. Mm-hmm. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, which is fucking great. Mm-hmm. And it's the scariest of all the four of these movies, I think. However. But it's not the one that I have the most emotional attachment to that I tend to go back to the most of these four movies. And I, I usually go with the criteria of like, what do I... I've watched these four movies this month, which will be the first I will go back and watch again. Okay. And it it's bracket number two for that reason. Okay. My number two is Exorcist 3. Mm. Exorcist 3. That scared the hell out of me. It's very good. It was interesting. <laughs> it's uh, very, very good. Very good. It has nothing to do with the first one, but just as a movie, it terrified me. And that's... It, that was the point, right? That's yes. the point of this whole so thing. So let's just keep this talk going. Because obviously my number one is Exorcist 3. My number one will be Rick. Um, Exorcist 3 feels like a movie that they were like, what if we took like all of the demon and devil shit from The Exorcist? And instead of setting it in like a setting of like, I'm raising a daughter and I'm like trying to like be an actress and, uh, and I'm having like house parties. It's just like... It's like, hey, uh, police procedural. Yeah, which is the, what it was. With the devil. <laughs> and uh, Brad Dourif gives the MVP performance yeah. of all of these movies. I think well. anyone who listened to our episode of that knows how you feel about shit. him at this point. Like, I would put Elias Codius up there, too. But he had such little time. Like, Brad Dourif, just chef's fucking kiss mm-hmm. this month, sir. Um and that would mean that your one is wreck. That's interesting. Yeah, I liked it. It was short, sweet, to the point, and it was original and funny. And what funny, but like interesting. It 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 moved at a quick pace. It got to the point. I liked it. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Um, Exorcist three doesn't do that. No. It it tends to linger for a minute. Like there's a like the middle section of the movie is a little. It does, but meh. but it's it does have its it does have some pretty damn. Sweet payoffs for the times when it drags a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I was kind of torn between the two, but judge, but going by the same kind of criteria that you're saying, like, which one do you think I'd watch again? Which one do you think? Oh, you straight told me you would never watch Exorcist 3 again. Correct. It scared you so bad. It did. Uh, I will say this, though, just throwing this out there. Throwing it. If we had included the lead-in movie, which was the Christmas movie, uh, Conjuring 2 would be number one. Got it. the rest of these movies. I think Conjuring 2 is 
a modern horror masterpiece. That movie is. He likes it. He really likes fucking it. Incredible. What are we starting next week, next month so with? Uh, it's Black History Month. Okay, so what are we gonna do? We're gonna do movies that were either star or were made by people of uh, color. Yeah. Sweet. So what are we so gonna watch? We're gonna do Candyman. Candyman. Okay. Candyman. Uh, I got quiet Candyman. for a minute. All right. Candyman. All right. No. Let me ask you a question, real fast. Yeah. Would you watch the? Would you watch Fallen with your children? Um, I don't think it would keep them entertained. Like, I don't think that this is. I think that the seventeen-year-old like would understand it. I think they both would understand what it is. It's a very simple kind of point, but it it takes a minute to get there, and I I don't think that they would. Uh, so I think also. It's very dated. Yeah. You know, like before technology things, it's like, oh, my, guys, how did anything get solved? I'm like, no, it didn't really. My assessment on this movie with your kids would be this. Too scary for one, too boring for the other. Fair. Right? Like. I think you're right about that. Yeah. And by that, I mean too scary for the 17-year-old and too boring for the. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Totally opposite. Uh, we watch this movie that. with your mom. Um, Easy for her to follow along. Yeah, this movie doesn't throw a lot of twists at you. Nope. Like, it throws one big one. <laughs> it's like, oh, John Goodman's the bad guy at the end. But, and he spoilers. does that amazing duck walk thing for a hot second. Hot second, but Can it's we it. get a movie about the Rolling Stones starring <laughs> John, John Goodman. Goodman as every member of the Rolling Stones? Please. <laughs> at this age. That's what I want. Yeah, at this, well, he would be appropriately aged. That's true. So, um, All right, well then, until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. <laughs> and I'm still his girlfriend. Bye.